0: What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. This is the one-stop shop for all things coaching. We do not stop at training and nutrition. We go much deeper, and we cover everything you can possibly imagine when it comes to personal development. That is my goal with this podcast is to coach you through these speakers, through your headphones, and help you develop into your best self possible. I am your host, Cody Boom Boom McBroom. If you are new here, do me two quick favors. Number one, hit the subscribe button so you can get constantly updated on the newest episodes coming out three times a week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The second thing, scroll down into the show notes of this podcast and check out our top four episodes rated by the listeners. That's going to be the Nutrition FAQ, the Training FAQ, Nutritional Periodization, and My Personal Journey into Coaching. All right, guys, today is part six of the eight-part Nutrition for Fat Loss series. Today I am covering something that I am very passionate about, and that is nutritional periodization. Um, If you have a plan, you're technically – periodizing. If you look at your training and nutrition and you know what you're going to do and you have any type of structured ideology of the path you are going to take to get to your result, you are technically periodizing. But when you really term it or coin it as a term of periodization, it's when you really do take a more structured approach. It's when you get a little bit more specific and detailed with your plan, and it's when you really start looking at different variables to control the result you're getting while controlling the negative feedback. And that's something we're going to talk about today because That's the main reason why we would periodize nutrition in the first place. Yes, it means we are doing something to get us to an intended result, but more importantly, it's so we can get to a result without any negative adaptations along the way, specifically talking about hormonal, metabolic, and psychological adaptations along the way. These are going to be things like your metabolism slowing down and adapting to a lower calorie set point or things like testosterone, thyroid, so on and so forth, down-regulating because you've been in a deficit for too long. And then lastly, the psychological piece of this is going insane on a diet literally, Um, I mean, not literally, but the point is, is we can all go a little crazy when we're on a diet for too long. And if we don't plan in structured refeeds, diet breaks, or maintenance phases, we can really suffer from a psychological standpoint. And that's going to lead to more cheat meals. It's going to lead to more binges. It's going to lead to more weight regain, which is astronomically high. I mean, the rate of weight regain after a diet, a successful diet, I might add, is like 90 to 95%. And that means 90 to 95% of people are actually regaining weight after they lose weight, in the studies that show people who regain and then some, they actually gain more weight than when they started, is like 33% of that 95%, which is just insane to me, but it just goes to show that too many people are jumping into diets without any knowledge behind what periodization looks like or how periodization should look for them specifically. Well, that's what we're going to cover today. We've been kind of going up this pyramid or this hierarchy using a lot of the, the foundational tools that Eric Helms kind of laid for us with this muscle and strength pyramid, but now we're kind of taking a shift. The last episode in this episode, you'll start to notice this is where I, as a coach kind of put my own spin on things. I, I just tend to tweak things a little bit. And periodization is something that I really prioritize inside of our coaching. So when you work with us in the Boom Boom Performance Nutrition coaching, that's one of the first things we do. We look at your current lifestyle, your future lifestyle, who you want to become, the result you want to achieve, the roadblocks you've had in the past, your dieting history, your training history, your current diet, current training, so on and so forth. Like literally look at every everything that we can take, all the information we can take from you as a person, and then we can understand how we need to periodize your plan so that we can get you to your result as l- with as little stress as possible, not only on yourself mentally, but also physiologically. So before I go too deep into this, we're going to jump in the episode because this is something I'm very, very passionate about and I could talk at lengths for. Um, and because of that, I'm actually going to link some other content in the show notes. I've done a video on this. I've done another podcast on this for about an hour just talking about this. So and that's one of the ones I really do recommend. If at any point you are listening to this and you really want to go deeper into a specific modality of periodization that I mentioned, check out this other podcast called Nutritional Periodization that I'm going to link in the show notes. Holy shit, do I give a lot of information in there. And it, it literally shows you how to specifically cater the diet to you over the long term. Um, I've also written a blog about this. I've put in, out infographics on this. So I'm going to link all that stuff in the show notes. So if you are intrigued by nutritional periodization, which you should be because in my experience working with hundreds of people as a company, I mean shit, thousands of people now, we've realized that this is really the key to getting people to a result and allowing them to actually sustain that result after the diet is done. Um, this is the key. So I'm going to link a bunch of that content in there. Um, guys, before we do jump into this episode, just remember that it would help me greatly if you headed over to iTunes and you left me a five-star rating and review. Um, speaking of which, last time I did a rating and review contest, which we will do again in the future, I uh, sent out some Seinfeld Boom Boom shirts. So if you are one of the people who won that challenge, you should either A, already have it in your mailbox and you're probably wearing it by now, or B, it should be there any day because we just sent them out not long. Ago. If you are one of those winners, please do me a favor. Take a picture of you wearing the Boom Boom Seinfeld shirt. Post it on your Instagram. Tag me at Cody.BoomBoom. I would love to see who's wearing it. I would love to repost it. Um, those shirts are epic. I had a lot of fun making those, and I'm glad I got to send some of those out. So if you got one of those, make sure you post it and tag me. Um, the second favor you guys can do for me is actually the same thing I just mentioned. Take a screenshot of this show right now. Head over to Instagram. Put it on your story. Let me know that you are enjoying it. I would love to thank you for listening to it, and I would love for more people to see what you're listening to so we can get more people listen to this to get better results inside their training and nutrition. All right, guys. Without any further ado, let's jump into part six of the eight-part Nutrition for Fat Loss series, Periodization. Part six of the Nutrition for Fat Loss series, we're gonna go over periodization. This is gonna be nutritional periodization, but also fat loss periodization, something that not enough people talk about. Um, Gonna define it real quick for you. So the definition behind periodization is actually pretty simple. If we even simplify this little sentence, it's just planning. If you have a plan, you are periodizing. If you know what you're doing in the gym, if you know what your calories are gonna cycle, if you know how your food is going to change over weeks and months, in any way, shape, or form, even day to day, you are periodizing on a small scale. But on the large scale, we're looking at years. So today we're gonna talk about periodization specifically, proper planning of calories and macros as well as the fat loss and maintenance phases monthly, quarterly, and yearly. So. As I've referenced in every single video, we've been basing things off the pyramid and we kind of climbed up. My first uh, introduction before the pyramid is adherence and metrics. That is the way we consistently can adhere to a plan and what we are tracking inside the plan. Remember, this is the most important episode. So if you have not watched episode one, Go back and watch that because adherence and metrics sets the stage for all of this. Next we have calories, then we have macros, then we have micronutrients. Um, And the way I kind of structure the pyramid is everything else comes after that. I don't have more tiers because I do not think any one thing should be placed before the other because it's individual. Last episode, we talked about the composition of your day, your daily diet. We talked about workout nutrition, nutrient timing, meal frequency. All those things are important, but for some individuals, periodization might be even more important. In fact, periodization might be as important as calories if we look at this from a lifestyle perspective. And the reason I'm kind of framing it this way is because I want you to understand that there's no black and white answers. Nobody needs to do things in an exact order. Nobody needs to do any one exact thing. We need to take all these ideologies, these strategies, these tools, and these methods, and then we need to create a way of structuring them that fits you the dieter specifically, it's an individual setting. Now, um, inside of Boom Boom Performance Coaching, when we go into nutrition coaching with anybody, the first thing in our mind is how do we periodize this? We have somebody that comes to us, they wanna lose fat, cool. We need to create a caloric deficit, we know that. We need to have metrics and adherence, we know that. We need to structure their macros to individualize those calories, we know that. They need to be eating whole foods so they get their vitamins and minerals, we know that. But how do we take all this and then how do we periodize it? over the time that they're gonna be with us. Are they gonna be with us for three months? Six months? Are they planning on doing this for a year? And see, inside of our coaching, we really prioritize education. So when we start somebody up on a diet, we really don't know how long they're gonna be with us past that three month mark. But what we tell them is that our goal is to get you to a specific result and teach you exactly how the hell we got there. What did we do? Why did we do it? How did we do it? And what adjustments did we make along the way? And why did we make those adjustments? So when we go through this process, they understand what's going on and they can continue doing it on their own because at one point or another, they're going to need to know how to do this on their own. And that's a big priority to us. Big part of that is periodization. That's kind of how we look at everything. If we look at the muscle and strength pyramids that Eric Helm made on the training side of things, he actually has something just like this and it encompasses the whole entire pyramid and it says periodization. Periodization is how we take this pyramid and we make it all work. It's how it flows. It's how the hierarchy moves through the different steps and levels. So with this, we're going to look at four different categories with you today. We're going to look at periodization from a weekly standpoint. Then we're going to look at it from a monthly standpoint. Then we're going to look at it from a quarterly standpoint. So every three months. And then we're going to look at it from a yearly standpoint. So we're kind of taking this from each angle we want to have a yearly plan we want to break that up into quarterly cycles then we're going to have monthly phases and we need to prioritize every week because that's the now that's the present that's where we take action and the weekly how well that goes is going to determine how we adjust the daily monthly quarterly yearly so on and so forth Um, and the reason i'm framing that for you guys is because we live inside the weekly but if you don't know where the monthly quarterly or yearly fits into your grand plan you're not gonna get the best results possible. I'll use myself as an example right now. I just finally got through surgery, recovery, rebuilding some muscle tissue that I lost, and I'm finally up to about a normal weight again. I've built my macros back up, I've built up my metabolism, I've built a little muscle, I finally can actually load my legs and train, and I got to a good place. But body composition takes a big hit when you go through a serious surgery. So now, I am going for a photo shoot, so I set up a photo shoot in August. That means I have a cutting phase. What am I gonna do after that cutting phase? If I had zero plan, I'd most likely have a cheat meal, forget about macros because I want to break, and I'd probably regain all the weight. In fact, 95%, this is a real statistic, 95% of people who lose weight regain that weight back at some point in time. I wanna say the statistic is that one-third of those people that regain that weight, so it's around 30-something percent, one-third of those people who regain that weight back, one third of that 95%, regain even more. So they regain the weight they lost and then some. And those are real statistics. The reason why is because they have zero periodization. They come into a fat loss plan, they go on a diet and they do not know what happens afterwards. They do not know how often they should stop dieting. They don't know when they should take a diet break. They don't know when they should deload training. They don't know how to adjust. So when they get to a result, if they get to a result, they're stuck in this place at low calories, they don't know how to reverse diet out, and they they get kinda screwed. This happens all the time, but this is the answer to that. So we're gonna start with weekly. Weekly periodization is literally how we set up our calories and our macros on a weekly basis in a seven day period. This is very, very simple. There's a few ways to diet to make this efficient. The main thing we're gonna be talking about today is one to two day refeeds. The thing that's not listed in here would be carb cycling. Carb cycling is something that has been famous for a long, long time. It's the simple idea of undulating your calories. So you're waving your calories up and down. You have a high carb day followed by a low carb, high carb, low carb, high carb, low carb. Or you can go low, medium, high, you can go medium, medium, high. You can go low, 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 high. You can really do it however you want. If you have high carb days and low carb days and you alternate them, it becomes carb cycling. We have a whole video on that. I'll link it in the show notes so you can go check it out. It can be a beneficial strategy. However, what they have seen in research is that it really doesn't hold much benefit from a physiological level, from a body composition level. We're talking about fat loss here it doesn't hold much of a benefit at all except for adherence. And what I mean by that is if you can adhere better for a longer period of time, meaning you can hit your macros on a more consistent basis if you have high carb days and low carb days in an alternating fashion, then carb cycling is going to work great for you. But if we're dieting for a long period of time and we want the physiological benefits that come from refeeding, like helping leptin stay intact, ghrelin, metabolism, thyroid, testosterone, all these hormones that take a hit during a diet, we experience hormonal and metabolic adaptation. If we want to avoid making that worse because some of it's gonna happen no matter what, that's something people fail to realize. It's not only low calories that cause metabolic adaptation. It's low body fat levels as well. So, as you diet and get leaner, some metabolic and hormonal adaptation is bound to happen no matter what. I don't care how many diet breaks or refeeds you have. However, refeeds and diet breaks can significantly damper that effect, making it way less negatively impacting on you during a diet, which is very important not only for the aftermath, but during the diet to avoid diet fatigue, getting burnt out too quick. Back to the carb cycling, circling back to that, it's not a random rant. Carb cycling has this alternating fashion where you just kind of place these high carb days. What research has also shown us is that 24 hours of higher calories via carbohydrates is not significantly long enough in order to impact hormones effectively. So this idea of not really reboosting but helping us like an insurance policy on our hormones, on our meta- metabolism to avoid this metabolic and hormonal adaptation, it's not gonna occur from a single refeed day or carb cycling because it's only 24 hours. So if we're placing one refeed day per week, it is purely for glycogen replenishment, so as we diet and we deplete our glycogen stores, our training's gonna suffer. One day a week of refeeding is simply to refuel the carbs that we need in our body to train hard. The other reason is psychological benefit. Sometimes it just helps to have a day where you can eat more food, you can get a break. You're not gonna see any metabolic change. However, mentally, you're gonna feel a little bit better, it's gonna be easier to adhere to it, and it's well worth it. You have to factor that into your weekly deficit. So when you start a diet, you should start a diet with a refeed planned every week so that it's included in your weekly caloric deficit, which is what's going to cause weight loss. But you have that single day for psychological purposes. You can go on a date night, go hang out with your friends, do whatever, have a day off the diet, and you can refuel glycogen by having more carbs one day per week. There is the added, and this goes for everything. So as I talk about refeeds and diet breaks, you can do this. There is also the way of going with just calories and protein. So you go for a refeed day and you just track calories and protein. You don't care about getting more carbs or fat, you just do it so you have more freedom. Psychologically, that's a really, really good way to go because it gives you a good break where you don't have to be as specific or have as many boundaries. However, if we are talking about a fat loss perspective, not gaining fat from this refeed free day or actually refueling muscle glycogen, it's highly beneficial to do it with carbs carbs are much less likely to store as body fat especially if you're in a diet fat is so if you have one day where you overshoot calories to have a refeed day having too much fat on that day is going to negatively impact your results having too much carbs is simply going to fill you up give you a pump and give you that metabolic boost that you're looking for that that psychological boost that you're looking for i mean um so the weekly back to the weekly periodization, we have one to two days of refeeds. If you're going for the psychological benefit, the muscle glycogen, one day is totally fine, you're good. Do not do this unless you're planning on just going a short period dieting and moving on. If you're only gonna diet for eight weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks, you can get away with one refeed day a week. You might wanna place uh, longer diet breaks somewhere in that mix, which we'll get onto here in a sec, but overall you'll be fine. If you're looking at this from a long-term perspective or you really want to be sure that this time around when you're dieting you avoid serious hormonal or metabolic adaptations you want to do two refeed days back to back so you have five days in a row at a deficit and then you have two days back to back at maintenance calories via carbohydrates and what that means is i have two days a week where i bring my calories all the way up to maintenance but i do so by leveling up my carbs so i eat 50 to hundred grams extra carbs to bring the calorie intake up. So I have two days at maintenance out of a diet. Again, this isn't necessarily going to give us a crazy hormonal boost or a metabolic boost and ramp up our metabolism. It will speed your metabolism a little bit. You'll notice you're hungrier and you're probably sweating a little bit the day after, but it's more so because of the thermic effect of food. But what it is going to do is it is going to put that insurance policy that I talked about that safety net. It's going to make sure that that metabolic slowdown stops. So when I have these high calorie days, the metabolic adaptations slow down, if not stop completely for those two days and probably a couple days after because there's a delayed effect of being in a maintenance. Then you go back into a diet and they will slowly start up again. But this significantly lowers the impact on your body, hormonally that is occurring. So when we look at periodization with nutrition, And fat loss on a weekly basis it's simply making sure that you're hitting your macros on a day-to-day basis every week and you're filling in one to two refeed days per week now monthly when we look at monthly we can look at this uh, from a bi-weekly as well so we'll tie these two in together this is where my preferred methods of fat loss really come into play the yearly is going to encompass everything and you'll see that in a sec but the monthly is really where we can look at the short term and get a lot of great results three to seven days diet break every month or every two to three weeks. So this is really dependent, but this is in a, 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 I write monthly, but what I really mean here is it's greater than one single week. So you can do this like every other week you have two refeed days, right? So you use the same back-to-back refeed, but you're doing it every other week. The reason you're doing it every other week is because Five days for some people who have stubborn bodies is just simply not enough time in a deficit to actually see progress. I love the idea of going five days in a deficit, two days at refeeding. You can do it on a weekend, have more flexibility. Socially, it's a lot easier, but the reality is, is some people's body. And I know a lot of you watching this right now can resonate with this. A lot of you have stubborn bodies and it's hard for you to burn fat. And in five days in a deficit, just isn't enough time. Sometimes you have to go past that five day mark, hit seven to 10 days in a deficit, 14 days in a deficit. Right? For some people, I even gotta push them to three weeks. And this is also a good way to adjust plans. So maybe we start with two refeed days every week. So maybe we go seven days in a deficit, two days of refeed, seven days at a deficit, two day refeed. After a while you hit a plateau, you're not losing weight anymore on your weekly averages. We're not looking at day to day, we're looking at weekly averages. Okay, cool, we're gonna do two refeed days every 10 days instead of every seven. And then you hit a plateau months later, every 14 days. And you can keep kind of up in the ante. Once we get to about three weeks, I encourage you to bump that two-day to a three-day. After two weeks, after that 10 to 14-day period, being in a deficit longer, yes, will enhance fat loss, but it will also enhance the metabolic adaptation we're trying to avoid here. It'll also enhance the hormonal and the muscular adaptations. When we diet, it's hard to maintain muscle. You do not wanna lose muscle and performance during a diet. The best way to avoid that, have a three to seven-day diet break every month. So now I'm going, Three full weeks, 21 days in a deficit. It's a little bit more of a grind, but I'm actually seeing more progress. We're seeing the scale move. I'm a lot more motivated, it's great, but the diet fatigue creeps on me a little bit harder. Cool, add 72 hours. This has been shown to be more beneficial than 48 hours, which is the two day refeed. 72 hours straight has a bigger impact on metabolic adaptation. And what research has shown us is the longer you're at maintenance, the more of a positive effect you're gonna see out of that diet the more of a positive effect you're gonna see on your hormones and your metabolism. So what that means is the longer we diet for, the longer we diet break for. Simple. So the bigger our deficit, the longer our deficit goes, the bigger and more time we should spend at maintenance. So with the monthly periodization, it's pretty simple. You can do three weeks on a diet, one full week off a diet. You can do two weeks on a diet, two weeks at maintenance. You can do two weeks uh, in a deficit, you can do three days at maintenance. You can do, three weeks and one week. You can literally mix this up in any way, shape, or form. And the best thing I can recommend is again, going back to adherence and metrics, track your metrics, look at where your diet fatigue is at. Is your progress on the scale slowing down? Is your stress getting higher? Is your sleep getting more poor? Is your performance in the gym getting worse? These markers are gonna tell us how long we should diet break. The worse your biofeedback is, the longer your diet break should be, right? And the harder it is for you to personally lose weight, the probably the longer you should be in a deficit. There's nothing wrong with being in a deficit for a long period of time, but just remember, you need to combat that deficit with a diet break. Take longer to get to your result, spend more time at maintenance. So the monthly periodization is a big, <laughs> it's a can of worms because there's a lot of ways to do it. My recommendations are gonna be two weeks on a diet, three to five days off a diet, or three weeks on a diet, up to one full week off a diet. Those work really well. And if I'm getting really serious with somebody trying to get ready for a photo shoot, I'll even do three weeks at a deficit and only three to four days at a diet break because again, 72 hours is what's gonna give us that hormonal response. So for some people, if we're really trying to push to a goal and get shredded or really lean, I'm probably gonna spend less time in in a diet break, not because I'm less worried about hormonal adaptations, but because I need more time in a deficit than I do at maintenance because they have a goal and a timeline. When we have a deadline, we have to be serious about that goal. So the monthly periodization, once again, just to wrap this up, it's going into a deficit for a longer period of time and then spending three to seven full days at maintenance. Again, we're driving our maintenance, our calories up via carbohydrates on that diet break. And the last thing I will say about that, when you're implementing these, remember that as you diet, you lose weight. As you lose weight, metabolic adaptation happens. When metabolic adaptation happens, your calorie intake lowers, your maintenance calories, your total daily energy expenditure, TDEE, the thing that we use to calculate our maintenance calories, it lowers. So when you start a diet, let's say your maintenance calories are 2,500. Well, when you're six months into it, your maintenance calories are no longer 2,500. So unfortunately, these diet breaks can't stay super, super high for the entire diet period. They will slowly have to, not by much, but they will slowly have to decrease as well, or you're not going to consistently lose weight through those diet breaks. The last thing I will say on any of the diet breaks before we get into the bigger terms, the quarterly and yearly, is that some of you will experience two things. Three things, (laughs) maintenance, weight gain, weight loss. Some of you will do the diet break and you will maintain weight. It's perfect scenario, this is the perfect scenario. It means that your body was ready for recovery, you intaked carbohydrates, you intake more calories, you didn't gain any weight, when you're done with it, your body is refreshed and ready to diet again and you can start losing weight again. That's a perfect scenario. Some of you will gain weight. It's not a bad scenario, but if you gain a couple pounds, expect it because every one gram of carb holds about three to four grams of water, usually pulls in more sodium as well. You're going to get bloated. You're going to retain some water. It's totally normal. Most of the water retention is actually intracellular. It's in your muscle. It's actually a good thing. Our muscles stay hydrated, more pumped. Our muscle glycogen is more filled. It's what we're doing it for. That's partially why we're doing the diet break in the first place. So Expect that weight gain. If you are somebody that loses weight on a diet break, it probably means that you were too stressed out. And when you ingested more carbs on a diet break and more calories, you actually had a big cortisol dump. So cortisol released, stress lowered, and you you dropped a bunch of water. Cortisol retains water. So if you're really stressed out and you're holding a lot of water and you go into a diet break and your weight drops right afterwards or during, it means that you were too stressed out. So my advice for you, this is, it's a good scenario because you dropped the weight and it tells you that you needed the diet break and you took action on that. So good job there. But the reason it's not a good thing is it's because you're putting yourself in too stressed of a state. If you go back into a deficit, you might not see a great progress because you're too stressed. So you need to look at lifestyle, you need to look at your training volume and intensity, and you probably need to look at the size of your deficit or the length of your deficit and maybe make one of those things easier so you're less stressed out, cortisol can calm down and you won't retain as much water. Quarterly, when we look at quarterly periodization, this is really just taking the weekly idea, the monthly idea, whatever route we're gonna take with this, and we're looking at it from a 12-week perspective. One to four-week maintenance. This is basically, again, just looking at a bigger scale. So there's less to explain here, but the the idea here is like, if we have a timeline or a show or a shoot, it means maybe I'm going to diet because I'm getting extremely lean or I have a lot of weight to lose. Maybe I have 50 plus pounds to lose too. I'm going to diet for 12 straight weeks and then I'm gonna take a full four weeks off. Or I'm gonna diet for eight straight weeks and take two full weeks off. There's a lot of ways to do this, but it's basically looking at the quarter. And you can do this two ways. You can go, okay, my monthly deficit is three weeks on, one week off. I'm just gonna consistently do that this whole entire quarter for 12 full weeks and see where I'm at, reassess and do it again. Or you can go, I'm gonna stay in a deficit longer because for some people they stay more motivated, more consistent, and their bodies are just more resilient. So you need to stay in a deficit for eight, 10, 12 weeks. After that period of time, you're gonna spend at least one, but the longer you spend in a diet, the longer you spend in diet break, one to four weeks at maintenance. So you're giving yourself a really good maintenance phase. And that actually leads us right into the yearly periodization. You should have a one to 1.5 ratio of fat loss to maintenance. And I know that's gonna shock a lot of people and they're gonna be kind of confused, but it means that you should spend 1.5 as much time at maintenance than you should fat loss. I'd have you consider that you're not going to sustain fat loss results if you spend too much time in a fat loss phase. If you're spending half your year in a deficit, your body is getting stressed and stressed and stressed your hormones are getting more worn out, your nervous system is getting more worn out, your performance in the gym is slowly declining. You're literally putting yourself in a stressed, vulnerable position that is not setting you up for long-term progress. Because of that, 1.5 of, uh, times as much in the year you should be in, at maintenance versus fat loss. The best way to look at this is, you should probably spend a little more time at maintenance because if you've dieted for six months, you need to spend six months at maintenance just to recover from that. But remember that maintenance is just maintenance. It's just the norm. If you're in a surplus, you're doing a little bit extra to recover. But we don't wanna go in a surplus. Why? Because we're gonna gain fat. So the best way to do this is a one to 1.5 ratio. You can do this two ways. You could go, I'm going to diet really, really hard. I'm gonna give myself one refi day a week. I'm gonna do it for six months straight, get as shredded as possible. And then I'm gonna slowly reverse diet. Let's say that's the 0.5. You spend half of a year, or you spend three months, sorry, slowly ramping up to your maintenance calories. You get to your maintenance calories and then you stay there for six months, which is just as long as you were at the fat loss diet. But this allows you to recover, sustain, maintain it. You probably gained a few pounds in the process because that's part of getting shredded and then trying to sustain it. And then after that, you're okay to diet again. But if you're constantly doing a diet, if you do a diet for three months, you gain a bunch of weight back, and then three weeks later, you're like, okay, I gotta do this again to get back where I was at. You're literally just sending your body through this yo-yo cycle that is making things worse. It's harming your body. It's gonna make every fat loss diet even harder. And I'm, I'm, I'm really hammering on this because there's not enough people that abide by this principle, but I'd have you consider that every time you go into a fat loss phase, it will be twice as easy if you follow this ratio. 1 to 1.5 ratio of fat loss to maintenance and remember too if you're doing these things it's not that hard it means that you spend three months doing a cut but you have a third of that time in maintenance because you're implementing diet breaks or let's say you do six months to cut but two full months of that if you take out all the weekly diet breaks equals maintenance calories which makes this whole 1 to 1.5 ratio so much easier after the diet is done work on maintaining heal your body let your body feel actually good and chase progress in the gym with gains and weight lifted and muscle and then go back to your fat loss diet so to encompass this whole entire thing weekly is how we're setting up our, our macros and calories on a weekly basis Monthly is how we're looking at it past this week, which is usually where I recommend and see people get the best results. Doing more of a deficit, so two to three weeks in a deficit, spending three to seven days at, at diet break maintenance and just repeat. Quarterly is looking at it at a little bit larger scale, so what are we doing in the next three to six months? And then yearly is just looking at, okay, how much time am I spending in a deficit? How much time am I spending at maintenance? Do I wanna implement a lean gaining phase so I can spend time building muscle, which is something we're gonna talk about in a later video, but I think it's really important for a lot of people to do. And it's also planning this according to your lifestyle. When I look at my year, when is a good time to diet? I've been waiting to start this photo shoot prep because there was a lot of stress in my life. Business growing, moving homes, getting ready for a wedding. There's a ton of stuff going on. It's not a good time to try to diet and get shredded. My body's too stressed. That's a good time for maintenance. Give my body fuel to recover from the stress of my life and so I can still train. Now that stress has calmed down, I can go into a diet phase. So I'm gonna spend time in a diet phase and then I'm gonna spend time in maintenance. But if I don't look at my calendar year and try to figure out the best times to do this, or if you're not looking at this with a coach, that's something you need to think about because it's gonna set you up for a long-term progress that you can actually sustain. All right guys, that is periodization of fat loss and nutrition. Once again, just like I say in every video, this is what myself and my team do for a living. We spend every single day helping people lose fat and understand nutrition, just like you. So if this confuses you, overwhelms you, stresses you out, or you simply want somebody to take it off your hands so you can have an expert actually lay this out for you, Click the link in the description or the show notes if you're listening to this on audio. Apply for a strategy call. There's no strings attached. We'll show you how we can help you today. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com sign up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy.